Yeah, can I be myself? Yeah, when I go to work, yeah. do you get confused when they say let's be more diverse? Is it my culture? Is it the way I talk or how I rock my hair? Should be equal with all people, but right now I think it's clear. There's confusion, uh, diversity and confusion. Uh, need my seat at the table. If we ain't all in, then we losing. Yeah, diversity and confusion, diversity and confusion. Time to break out the cubicles and let's work together. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Hi, everybody. It's me, Dr. Brandy, and welcome to the Diversity and Confusion podcast, season two. Oh, my gosh. I was cutting up in the last episode, y'all. So if you have not heard our welcome back episode uh, from season two, go back because I just had to get some stuff off of my chest. And I think the rest of the season is going to be quite the same. So if you are new to the Diversity and Confusion podcast, look, I'm a DEI insider. I'm all about diversity, equity, and inclusion. I've done consulting. I've done advising for years. I'm not going to name drop the companies that I have worked with nationally and internationally. And quite frankly, I think that someone on the inside needs to be holding our industry and the diversity, equity, and inclusion field accountable for our progress. So many years ago, you know, and actually not that many years ago, you know, all of a sudden, uh, DEI became so relevant to corporate America and so relevant in so many different spheres. And I think quite frankly, in the last couple of years, it's been a hot mess. And so I'm here as an insider to hold us accountable and also give us some perspective on some of the DEI concepts and things like that, that we, that are, you know, taking our, our mindset, our conversations, our workplaces by storm. So welcome to the podcast. Here's the thing. If you have any feedback, if you have any questions, you can always email my team at team at leaderishmedia.com. That's our podcast team, team at leaderishmedia.com. And just so you know, don't send me hate mail. Don't because you might be put on blast in one of our subsequent episodes. Okay. I already have a couple of y'all. You're, you're going to have a debut on the podcast this season because you sent me some hate mail. I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> so we can't wait to get it in. All right. So today, our topic of the day is, is it me or is DEI starting to feel oppressive? I'm, I'm, I just had to say it. Isn't it getting a little oppressive? And the, the irony is that diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, we have people that are always talking about oppression and systemic oppression and all this. And, and I'm realizing, I feel like I'm starting to feel a little oppressed, right? And so first and foremost, let me just say this. Um, because people, I think, like to listen to be offended to things. So don't send me a message because I don't care about Dr. Brandy with all of the oppression, the real true oppression that's out there in society. The fact that you are casually and cavalierly using this word. and I don't care. I literally don't care. You can't change me. You will. You can't. So just save your breath. Save the, you know, your, your fingertips on your type on your keyboard. Send the message to someone else who cares and who actually will maybe acquiesce or change to what you want them to do. And the reason why I'm saying that and I'm being so forward about that is because DEI in some circles has really started to become groups of bullies 
groups of people that are on your moral superiority high horse and you are bullying everyone else into submission to believe what you want to believe all in the name of diversity, which doesn't make sense when the whole premise of diversity and inclusion is that we're honoring people's differences, which includes differences of thought. Did y'all catch that? Am I the only one that's been like, what, what's going on here? It's like, um, you know, high school, quite frankly. And so what I want to talk about today are some of the specific things that I've been seeing and observing uh, for quite some time that really are out of alignment with diversity, equity and inclusion principles and that are oppressive in nature. We always want to talk about the man. We always want to talk about certain groups that are oppressing everyone else. But at the end of the day, it is very easy and it's a slippery slope to find that once you are empowered to do something, um, to, to slip into a place of control. And oppression starts with control. Anyone who is claiming that they are passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion that is trying to control someone else, someone else's language, someone else's thought process, is trying to shame people because they are just who they are, are literally using the same tactics that we call, have called out from other groups that have done this to other cultures in the past. And so we can't use the same methods that the oppressor, allegedly, as, as we, we want to call them, that the oppressor has used. We can't use those same methods to solve a problem. And the, uh, the ugly truth about it um, that no one wants to say is that, no, we have to be mature. We have to have emotional competence. We have to operate at a level of excellence in order to undo the injustices, the prejudices, and sometimes it's downright evil, right? From from people who maybe don't value diversity, equity, and inclusion values. The second thing I want to say um, about, is it the second thing? This is like the 20th thing, but it just makes me feel better to feel like I have a list in my head. So, you know, this is number two, okay, to me. The second thing I want to mention is this kind of boil the ocean uh, approach to, to DEI change that I'm seeing. What I mean by that is you have people that are quote unquote passionate about DEI, but their strategy, their DEI strategy as personal people, or maybe even as professionals is let, let me go around and let me make sure that if the world, if I can correct everyone around me and, and if everyone around me can say the correct verbiage, the, the new vocabulary, if they can behave a certain way, if they can look to me, at least to my to my naked eye and my natural eye, if they can look to me that they're in alignment with all of this performative DEI ish, you know, behavior, they're good. They're good with me. And so what they're thinking is we need to eradicate the people that are not believing in this way. And so you find these mobs of individuals. I've seen this on college campuses. I've seen this in all spheres and arenas of these mobs and groups of people who are just going around telling everyone else that they are wrong, that they are bad, that are bullying, that are canceling everyone in the name of DEI, in the name of equity and equality. And that literally makes no sense. It's actually very hypocritical. And so 
when you notice anyone, and this may be a personal assessment for yourself. Now, as you all know, I want to call you up, not call you out. So let the shoe fit where it fits. If this is not you, keep it moving. Maybe on the next episode, it'll this will be for you. But for those of you that are feeling like, oh, that has been me. Oh, I have been the one. I do kind of police people's language. I do tell people that they're wrong and what they said was sexist and what they said was misogynist and what they said was racist and what they said. If you're that person, that's what you've been doing the last several months or years, okay? Number one, you're not helping. You do not have the power to control anyone else. People change when they want to, okay? Say it with me. People change when they want to. Okay, I, I feel like we just have a group group participation there. I feel it in the in the spirit. I feel like some of you right now in your office or driving, you actually said it out loud. People change when they want to. Who are you to think that you're going to change anybody else's behavior, especially with not with your tactics? You know, I think there's a saying. I'm not even going to say it because I think there's a curse word that's a part of it. But you know, you can get more with honey than you can with blank. Right? Every, anyone ever heard of that saying before? So it's all about our approach. The other thing is people who have this DEI perspective and this lens that says all we have to do is just eradicate the people that are that are, you know, the bad guys. That's all we have to do. The excuse me, the racists, the whoever ists, right? <clears throat> for people that are saying that, you're actually setting yourself up for failure. There are eight billion people, okay, in the world right now. Do you think? that you have the capacity um, to actually, you definitely have the audacity, but do you have the capacity to actually go around in every single, are you trying to root out racism and sexism and evil and people, you know, we're humans. People are going to, there are good people. There are bad people. There are people with a high moral character and there are people with a low moral character. And quite frankly, in today's society, no one even knows the difference. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not even going to get into that, that discussion right now, but we are living almost in an upside down world at this point with what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. And it's all subjective and it's all based on what each individual person thinks. We don't have universal values and principles anymore of goodness, of, of uh, virtue, virtuousness. We don't have that anymore. It's, it's dwindling by the day. And so do you think that your unique subjective experience is something that is actually um, other people are going to listen to because you're just screaming and yelling and because you're a keyboard warrior and because you're a thug on Instagram? We don't we don't care. No one cares. And, and, and you look foolish. OK, the other thing when you this. You know, outside of all of this, right? Because even all of this, I think most of us know we we whether we agree or not what I'm saying, we see it, you know, it's whatever, right? But I really was giving some thought on a deeper level because I am someone who really is is always wondering how can we, you know, there are oppressive systems, structures out there in the world. How can we really change that? How can we innovate? How can we really move society forward? And yelling and screaming at each other and being mad because someone's a, a, a Republican or a Democrat or whatever, all of that stuff, it's its its a great distraction. And I think some people engage in those type of behaviors and activities because it lets you off the hook from doing real work. And so you think that you're a social justice warrior every single day because you're screaming people, screaming at people on social media all day or in person, you know, you're at a climate change 
rally and uh, with your water bottle, with your plastic water bottles. Like I've seen that where I was like, this don't make no sense. Some of this is just not making sense anymore. We're talking about the climate. Are you, are you at a climate protest? There are like a thousand water bottles out there trying to keep y'all cool because it's 90 degree weather out there. Like it, it's just the goofiness, right? The hypocrisy that I see. But I really was reflecting and kind of taking pause and saying, let's go beneath the layer. And what I realized was we really have to be mindful, those of us that do have a voice, because when we're when we are crying and screaming and calling oppression, microaggressions, when we are when we are calling, um, especially in the corporate world, but when we are we are like really getting upset and, and out of sorts. Uh, about someone who misgenders you and things like that. I'm not saying anything is right or wrong, but what I'm saying is all of these social, and I'm going to do an episode uh, uh, where I'm going to really break down for you all the issue with social justice and social, anything that has to do with social. I, I've been thinking about this from a psychological perspective and why it it goes down the wrong path very quickly. So I'll, I'll unpack that in another episode. But when you make these these superficial things that we could let slide, that we could let go, that we could just say, Bob's just a jerk. Jerks come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. It is what it is, and we can move on. But no, we keep talking about unconscious bias. We keep talking about uh, microaggressions. We keep talking about all of these things. But what about the people that are waking up every day and they don't have a meal? What about the people waking up every single day and they literally microaggressions is the last thing on their list. They're really oppressed. You have to be like, you know, you know, the phrase first world problems. DEI has turned into an industry. The DEI conversation, the DEI discourse has turned into a whole bunch of uh, privileged middle class, no matter what your background is talking about things, arguing about Juneteenth and do we get a day off and do we not get a day off? It's like people are starving. People are, kids are waking up and they're going to educational systems, uh, educational schools where they are graduating these kids with fourth and fifth grade reading levels. Uh, the um, dropout crisis in America has not changed where kids are dropping out more and more than they ever have been. The suicide rate amongst teens is on a whole nother level. And you're complaining about microaggressions? Really? you That's a privilege to be able to complain about someone that is rude to you. Because that is what it is. It doesn't matter what vocabulary word we add to it as a microaggression. Was it a macroaggression? Was it, you know, all of these things that we argue about in DEI and what we're doing by continuing to do that and focus on that is we are delaying the help that we could be giving to people who really are oppressed every single day. I mean, I'm just saying, do y'all get that? I just had like a light bulb moment. And I thought, are we canceling people because they make certain jokes about this? Are we canceling TV programs? Like what privilege, how, how privileged are we that that is our idea of fighting for change? If you have an ability to take off of work for one, two, three weeks to protest, there are people that they can't leave their job. They need every little dollar that they can. They don't have time. They don't have the luxury to go out and protest, but you do. And so be mindful that as we are 
advancing the discourse around DEI and advancing hopefully the impact because I'm tired of discourse. A lot of people run their mouth and do a lot of talking, but you do not take a lot of action, period. I mean, I'm just saying it is if the shoe fits is for you. And so how can we be less offended? Because when you're offended by things, it blocks your ability to connect and find a solution. <clears throat> and some people use offense to um, give them a reason to not push through through the difficult conversation. And so you got a lot of folks that were passionate about DEI and they never learned how to change. They never learn how to change their stance, how to reach common ground, which is the same thing you're asking other people to do. So you wonder why other people don't want to change. They don't want to change their political view. They don't want to change their religious view or they don't want to change their lifestyle or they don't want to change whatever it may be. Their vocabulary and what all those things they don't want. They don't want to change. And guess what? Neither do you. Neither do you. You you don't know. You don't know how to change. All you know how to do is blame. Stop um, but to blame and shame others. And so be mindful of your approach and be thoughtful. Think about, because we have a, people with voices, people with platforms, and we're actually continuing to shift the conversation away from people and groups and communities that really need help. And so I'm done. I don't have nothing else to say. I can, I can, I could go on. But I'm going to let it sit right there and let that marinate. Oh, are we already at time? We are already at time. I already told my team we just want to do, you know, shorter, maybe 15 minute, 15, 16 minute episodes for this first couple of um, episodes of season two to really get us back on track. I am here to till the soil. I'm here to drop in some seeds. That's it. What gets watered is up to you. And so as we're trying to advance the conversation around DE&I, talk about real solutions, find common ground. This, These are some of the things that we're going to have to start to consider. And so super excited. Oh, this season is I'm, I'm just saying, just for me, I, I'm saying things that I need to hear back. So let me know your thoughts. Connect with me online at the Dr. Brandy on all platforms. And let me know. Let me know if you have some solutions, if you have some ideas. I'd love to read it, to share it so we can build a community of people that are not only passionate about DEI from an emotional standpoint, but passionate about DEI from a behavior standpoint. Okay. Enough talking. What are we going to do about it? And I have some 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 things in the works and in the mix that I'll share with you in a couple episodes on how you can get involved in true change, true equity. We're igniting unity everywhere. And there are small things that we can do to have big wins. So I'm excited about it. All right, y'all. That's it for today's episode. I'll catch you next time. See you later. Bye. Diversity and confusion, diversity and confusion Time to break out the cubicles and let's work together, let's do it Let's go